Three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And folks, I'm laughing already. Um, I'm so excited to have uh, tonight's guest with us. I've been trying for a long time. It's not easy to (laughs) know this person down. Um, I met uh, our guest tonight a few years ago at an improv uh, class in uh, Massachusetts before the world melted down due to a certain virus that shall not be named. And uh, we continue to do more improv online after that. Um, and then she joined me for a mystery dinner party production that we put on. Um, and, and on top of being remarkably funny and quick-witted and fun, she is also an actual opera <laughs> And she's also single. That's right, folks. It's a new special on No Outlet. We're hooking up to single people of the world. And here we start tonight. No, this is good. Um, I'm very excited to have her. So please, without any further ado, because I'm just going to keep getting interrupted, please welcome to the show, Emily, the opera singer. Emily, how are you? You know, doing all right, as I just just told you I, I quit quit a job on Friday, so okay. I'm feeling pretty good today. Good. It's Tuesday. <clears throat> well, hey. Right? It's Tuesday? Yeah. It, it is Tuesday. Yep. Yep. Sometimes they, so, they all seem um, the same, but uh, today is in and fact the Tuesday. the sun is out. The sun is coming out again. Yeah. It's like I went on the beach yesterday, like feeling a little apprehensively. Is that a word? Apprehensively optimistic about things that makes sense it does yeah. it does yep to go with it yeah. um so emily uh I'm we're, ge- no, very no. nervous i feel like i didn't study for a test i haven't listened to all of your podcasts it's like that bad dream I've where you said, wake up and you're in the front of the class <laughs> naked and they're like what I've, you have a test i've told ethan several times because i did start listening from the beginning and he's asking everybody like how many push-ups i can do and they're like grunting on here i'm just like i can't do any push-ups <laughs> not can't gonna even take it nope um <clears throat> Yeah, we've evolved so. past that. We've evolved past that. We don't we don't put people on the spot like that anymore. But we are going to play a game. We're going to play a game mm-hmm. called Twenty Questions, and the game always starts in the exact same place, and that's question number one. Question number mm-hmm. one. So, in your expert opinion, what is the likelihood that we are currently all living in a simulation? You want like a percentage? Um, I sure. I like that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, all right. I mean, it's never a straight answer with me, first of all. Um, sorry. <laughs> the crowd loves you. They're, they're... <laughs> I was begging for that. Um, no, it just keeps evolving. My, my mind is like, uh, I mean, I feel... I feel like we're in the like 91, like 91%. I like that. It's been increasing. It's been increasing. Yep. Yep. It's going to be an odd number. Like it's going to be a high number. It's still at 91%. I like that. So when I first, you know, I, I, it, the whole concept really intrigues me. And when I first started thinking about it years ago and there were all these mathematicians saying, oh, well, the chances are one in a billion that we're not and all these reasons why. At first, it was kind of like I was repulsed by the idea. I'm like, no, that's impossible. Like, I'm real. But then I started thinking, I think our notion of what a simulation is might be what initially kind of made me think, well, that's not possible. Because I think that there could be 
uh, a number of different ways to have a simulation that people think when they think simulation, they're thinking code, computer code, ones and zeros and, you know, a computer mm-hmm. screen, a video game. But I don't think that that necessarily has to be the case. I think that there can be a simulation with a biological component, a soul component, an intellect component. Um, so I, I guess my point is this. I think it's 91% or higher. And while that thought used to terrify me, uh, I'm okay with it. I'm all right. I don't, I, I mean, I want to know what my flavors are here. Okay, That's, good. I guess, what I, what I think. I think the two things that have, that have pushed me towards a higher percentage would be, uh, I love to talk about my nephew a lot, but one is my nephew, and he is very smart and quirky, and he's eight years old now, but from a very young age, he's been very verbal, and has said a lot of interesting things about, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, and I, you don't know, like he would talk about his former life as a ninja master long before we were born. <laughs> he just come out with these, yeah, he <laughs> come out with these things. But, um, and I, and I had a, got to spend a, quite a bit of one-on-one time with him at the beginning of the pandemic. I landed back at my parents in Maine. Um, and I, um, and he was there a lot because his parents were working and, um, he would, uh, you know, I helped with a little homeschool, mm-hmm. pandemic homeschooling and stuff, but he, um, I'm trying to think what age this was. It must have been, it was definitely like age like five, five-ish where he, um, and he's very, um, he, his parents restrict his TV time and his video time and video games and things like that. Smart but he, parents. Yeah. He, he, but he would, he said to me, um, you know, he, just, he had slept over my parents' house and he like crawled into bed with me in the morning and, and he's like, cause he wanted to chit chat and he's like, did you, did you ever wonder if like our bodies are, are somewhere else and we're like in this movie and we're really describing <laughs> the plot of the matrix to me. And At five I'm years like, old. And I'm like, did my brother let him watch the matrix? <laughs> like this kid doesn't like is scared of, he's scared of uh, finding Nemo because it's very stressful <laughs> for him. So I don't think that my brother <laughs> let him watch the matrix. <laughs> But he's describing that he's like, you know, where he's like, he's like, where our bodies are somewhere else, but we're in this like computer world. Oh and it's he's like, so I'm just like, so, so that's kind of fascinating to me that this little, little tiny brain is <laughs> thinking of things like that. Um, yeah. The power. So, of, and then. Yeah, go ahead. And this, yeah. The past, the past two plus years have been a little funky and then i've also as i've told you you know offline i've had some interesting experiences <laughs> this will be funny if my parents ever find this episode hopefully not but i've had some interesting <laughs> experiences with ketamine over the past year uh-huh. safely you know through doctors but that has definitely changed my perception of things interesting um, so well i don't know if that's the answer you're looking for but no that was a better answer than i, I was looking for i love it <laughs> Um, all right. Question number two. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on the healing powers of music? Um, what are my thoughts? Yeah, you know, thoughts, things you think about, ideas, concepts, positions, opinions, your thoughts. Oh, okay. That's dictionary. <laughs> I was going to say dick definition. Dictionary definition. <laughs> you know, just in the, thanks, let me rephrase the question. Question that. number two. <laughs> does Sorry, music heal? Uh, yeah, it does heal. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, no, it does. It does. I think that's what has attracted me to music in various points in my life. Um, and uh, I definitely notice it when I'm not... Um, when I'm not participating 
in that space. Yeah. Whether I'm, when I, I notice when I shut down and I stop listening to music or I stop singing or I stop performing or stop going to things that like, I'm trying to block something out. Um, oh, and man, man there's wild. nothing as a performer, there's nothing better than, um, feeling, um, I don't know, just like, it's a sensory experience, just, just feeling the vibrations of like singing in a group of people or hearing your voice over an orchestra or something. It's, there's nothing cooler. Yeah. It's, it's totally, it, it actually like there, you know, like it, um, stimulates the vagus nerve, they say, which is, there's a lot more research, um, and information coming out about that, but it's the vagus nerve is like this huge nerve from, you know, brainstem all the way down. So it's, it's kind of, reaching to every your lung just everything i love so. that wait did you say v- the vagus nerve like las vegas yes like las vegas huh. but with a u like the like oh, the mouth gotcha, gotcha. cinderella vegas okay <laughs> Um, well, I, that, again, you're two for two. That's a better answer than I was expecting. We got some anatomy going and some scientific research. And I, I think that not only does music heal, but I think you just touched on it. Music makes you feel right. It sometimes it's healing. Sometimes it makes you exuberant. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can make you sad. Sometimes it can make you reflect. But I think that the power, the emotional power of music is undeniable. I think that it's, and it's the one universal. If you think about it, it's like, no matter where you go on this planet, no matter what type of people you're talking to, it does not matter where you are. There is some form of local music. There's some form of music appreciation. Um, and, and that to me is, is the coolest thing. It doesn't matter where you go. Yeah. It's a universal language. It's, you know, the universal language is the most, you know, origins of communication. And it's, you know, it's hard. I'm hard pressed to think of someone that doesn't, listen to music or doesn't you know like people have different tastes in music that's but right. that's right um yeah so and some people have very mm-hmm. narrow tastes but speaking of music um as i mentioned in your intro um you are an opera singer which i think is so mm-hmm. cool um what got you interested in opera like at what point in your life you're like mm-hmm. oh that is something that i think i want to do um so I didn't grow up in a musical household or, or became musical rather, but my parents are not musicians. I wasn't really exposed to a lot of music. Um, my parents didn't really listen to music on the radio. I only really heard talk radio wow. <laughs> from a young age. So I, I don't know. I've always uh, going to school and having music class. That was like the one I was pretty shy. And that was the one class where I would sing out loud and I felt pretty comfortable. And um, I learned a lot of instruments, but what I guess, what led me to opera singing. Um, I really didn't get into that until college. I, I had always really enjoyed singing and I loved being, um, I loved being on stage and performing. Um, I think I didn't realize this is what it was at the time, but it was the, some of the few experiences that I felt fully present, which probably seemed like as a way of dissociating. But like when I was on stage, it just felt like everything melted away and I wasn't worrying about what was, you, you don't have time to worry about what's coming or what has happened. You have to be present in order to get through. Oh, that's um, so cool. And, um, and I also just felt like no one could harm me or touch me on, you know, like I was, mm. you're just, I just really, really enjoyed being on stage. I liked seeing, um, making people laugh. I like, you know, making, you know, just, I liked having that connection with people 
being able to share something and see it on their face. Yeah. Um, but when I went to college, um, I um, still wanted to study music. Uh, my a lot of people were not really supportive of that. I ended up going to a liberal arts college um, in uh, Rhode Island, Salve Regina University in Newport, but I still took music lessons and I studied there and I um, still studied voice. And I had like a, I remember one of my first voice lessons. I, um, I guess when I started taking voice lessons, it became apparent that my voice was well suited for mm. classical music. And then when I started starting to sing some opera arias in college, that were given to me, it was like, uh, all of a sudden I was using like a hundred percent of my body and it was so exciting. That's so cool. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not an athlete, but it, but the difference, you know, enjoying the thing and, and feeling connected to the music, but the athletic, um, support that's required to sing these arias, um, and, you know, in operatic literature, you're real. You really like feel every like every rib expand. You just kind of feel everything in the architecture of your mouth, and it just it felt like just the next level. Like I was utilizing my whole body. So I guess I fell in love with the feeling of singing it. Yep. It wasn't necessary. And then and then as time grew on, I start you know when I started listening to more things, and honestly, a lot of it I thought it was boring. <laughs> like I could never really get into Wagner, and I was always told that like that's something you have a big voice. That's where your voice is heading. Da da and. I would just fall asleep and I would try to rent DVDs and watch things. But it wasn't mm-hmm. until I went to Berlin and heard the ring cycle in person that I was like, Oh, I get it. Like yep. just the opening of it. You just, just, I needed to physically feel the goosebumps and feel the size of the instrument over the orchestra. Yeah. Um, so that, that's what I love about opera. It's a big, it's a big emotion. Um, yep. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just over the top. It's funny. <laughs> it's not it's not as serious as people think it is. I love French. French operas are ridiculous. Mozart has some funny stuff. Yeah. Um, there's some really sick and twisted things, <laughs> like Electra and like, you know, I mean, it's storytelling. I'm picturing like a Quentin you know? Tarantino opera, like Reservoir Dogs. Oh, I'm but, sure there is one. But yeah, like, in like, opera form. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So let's. Yeah, it, yeah go ahead. I'm talking too much. No, talking too much. 20 uh, minutes. What are you talking minutes, about? This is, this is the idea. I need you to talk. That's where I, I, I don't by any means consider myself an expert on opera. Um, it's just kind of something that um, was shared to me at, a bit later than some people, I suppose, you know, I was like 19, like yeah. 18, 19 in college. And, and um, I just kind of kept speaking out. Um, you know, I, I learn more and go to try to go see more and, and just get your hands on as much information. I love the research part of opera too. Like, mm. cause it's, it's not just like, like there's just, you know, there's a text, you can analyze the text. You know, there's usually there, there's operas in all kinds of different languages. So there's a whole nother analysis in a different language or what dialect mm-hmm. what region. And there's usually a historical context and there's just, there's so much and there's character development. Like you can just, really geek out forever in a library um, wow. on um, it's it just, it's, I don't know. I like that aspect of That's cool. opera. Um, <laughs> so real quick, Savaragina, beautiful campus. Um, but let's get, <laughs> everybody let's, says, sorry. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, it's hard to deny, right? Um, all right. Yeah. So let, let's get a little bit, let's talk about geeky opera stuff. Now I'm going to get this, 
I'm, I'm hoping I get it right, but I'm probably going to get it wrong. My understanding is that there are different categories for voices. There is the soprano. Oh, it's that. See, yeah. go ahead. I'm going to say, I think you talked about this a little bit. It's, there's a, there's different classifications. Yes. Yeah. And I've already, so I had another person that sang opera last year on the show and I've forgotten everything that I've learned. So you're going to teach me again. Mm-hmm. All right. So All right. there is, uh, there, the, I, there's sopranos, right? And then there are tenors. Um, but then is there also a, uh, something called a mezzo soprano? Yep. That's, that's what I, that's what you are. And most, it's debatable amongst people, but yes, that is, that is what I call myself. And that is where I prefer to sing. Then that's what you are. So yes, yes, that is what I am. Mezzo is medium soprano. So it's, um, you know, there's with female voices and, well, you can get really complex as we start talking about non-binary voices, but female yeah. voices, male voices, or and then so yes, soprano, um, higher female voice, mezzo, medium, and then there's contralto, which is the lowest female voice, and then these are the basic classifications for male. There's um, countertenor, which is I wouldn't say it's necessarily a falsetto sound, but it sounds it sounds very feminine to people. It's a very very high voice. Um, maybe comparable to um, like back in the old day, castrati, but they're not castrati. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. So there's counter tenor, then there's tenor, baritone, and there's bass, which is the lowest in the square. And then there are within opera, there are um, different schools of thoughts of how you classify within those voices, different types of styles and things that are suited for. So with a soprano, and, and that's, I think your other guests referred to it, it's the German Fox system, F-A-C-H, Fox. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, in Germany, they're very strict about, um, you have to have be classified as a certain type of, um, you have your vocal classification. And, and then when you're hired for a job, if you are, say, hired to be the house, mezzo for a for a company for the year mm-hmm. and you are a lyric mezzo soprano and they have you singing something that's a dramatic mezzo soprano then you can get more money because you are singing out of your job description oh i see that's so that's where it gets kind of interesting yeah so there's the german foxism is very very you can kind of picture this web that's very specific and it and it builds out so there's the, underneath the bracket of sopranos there's coloratura and coloratura sopranos are light and flexible and they go up on top of the range. An example would be Queen of the Night, Mozart. You've always heard it. I can't imitate it because I'm not that soprano, but you've, you've definitely heard it on commercials and things like that. Sure. And there's other things like, you know, so there's coloratura sopranos and then there's lyric sopranos. There's full lyric sopranos. There's a light lyric soprano. There's dramatic sopranos. There's um, that thing heavy. A dramatic is a voice that is of, a heavier weight that can carry over a larger orchestra. They usually sing works by like Verdi and Wagner and things like that. So Brunhild with the horn, it's not over till the fat lady sings. That would be an example of dramatic soprano. Mm-hmm. There's all these different branches there. And the same with mezzo, a little less, but there's, um, there's, you know, lyric mezzo, a dramatic mezzo. We could get into light lyric. And then there's some things in between a soprano and a mezzo. So there's a Schuschenfoss, which is like, in between the Fox system. And then there's Dubrette. There's like, there's, there's, there's so many different classifications. It's very, very complicated. And, 
very complicated and confusing. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that most singers struggle with, um, I think I would say females more than males, quite personally, because males say, so the voice is hormone dependent. Males generally have a, they have that switch around puberty. It's a pretty dramatic shift where your boys' voices will change, right? Yep, yep. Females, it's, uh, females have a lot more going on with hormones. It's a more gradual shift. There's way more, you know, they have monthly cycles and then people's voices will change after childbirth. There's all kinds of stuff going on there. Yeah. So for some women, it's harder to classify. Um, and for me, I feel like I spent years studying with different teachers who are constantly, I was like, well, what am I? What should I be singing? Instead of, as I've gotten older, it's like, okay, um, I can take your opinion, but I'm going to sing what I want to sing, what feels good. Good. <laughs> or at a younger age, I was always looking for someone to guide me. Yeah. So, um, so you know, I went through years of like, well, you're a soprano, you're a mezzo, or you're this or you're that. Don't tell me what to do. Clear, <laughs> I know, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> going to sing tenor, damn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I, I mean, and, and it's still been going on. I, I just... A couple of years ago, I had a realization I, when I was living in New York yeah. and I, um, I had another day job, um, but I had taken some time off of work for vacation to sing for a, you know, a young artist, mm-hmm. emerging artist program. And I, I, I was going there because I, I wanted to, there was some managers and I wanted to have like a soft, like hear me, have a manager hear me, but low risk and see what they say. And that day I sang and I had someone tell me, um, I was a dramatic soprano and then the very, like I sang the same, same thing. I had someone tell me I was a dramatic soprano. Someone told me I was a contralto. Someone told me I was, I like had four different, wildly different opinions on my voice and what, what I should or shouldn't be singing. And um, I think if I had been, you know, as I've been told that in younger years, I would leave and like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. I'm so behind. I don't know how to like, where do I start? Like, how do I start over? And I Fucking people, like, man. Okay. People ruin everything. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I, I guess I'm a chameleon. And, um, you know, I, I, maybe I can sing this like Tosca or this soprano stuff, but yeah. you know what? Like I get really tired doing that. It doesn't feel great. And I can roll out of bed singing this other thing. So, you know what? I'm going to roll out of bed. Singing this other thing. Well, there you and, go. Yeah. Like that's kind of, it's, it's hard to say. And I've, and I've studied with different, different people that are like my technique is the there's just like a lot of like narcissism and stuff in in the arts people my technique is the only kind of technique and everything you've learned before me is nothing and and I and I spent you know I'm I'm, I spent a lot of time like nervous and racking my brain over that and and just trying to figure it out whereas over I feel like in my 30s more it's been kind of I feel like I I have had some technique changes where I, I feel pretty confident like I haven't been singing as consistently during the pandemic uh-huh. but um if if i had a show and if you told me i had to sing something in two weeks like i know my voice would show up for me right i could get it in shape pretty quickly yeah. and and um you know it's even when i return to singing after a couple of days off um my voice is it's, it's not like waking up to a new instrument like it's, it's becoming more clear and that's just because of the technique and only thing i can use for comparison is like an athlete that trains, you know, like it comes to your athletic person, like things come back to you, mm-hmm. taking time off, I presume. Right. 
but oh, um, yeah, yeah. dramatic, like dramatic voices and some of the stuff that I sing, it's, there's a longer trajectory. It's kind of like powerlifting. So if I haven't been working out for a while, I can't just go into the gym and like, fucking like pick up 200 pounds, you right. know, like you'll snap you work into it. You want to cool down. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yep. So, wow. But yeah, you know me, I'll try anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, just really. I don't care. <laughs> no, no. I mean, first of all, so many things to say about that answer. Number one, all those people with all those opinions can go jump in the lake. The only one that matters is yours. That's number one. Number two, I've seen one opera. <clears throat> one. It was Madame Butterfly. Was it good? It was amazing. I think it was in Boston at the Wang Center. And I was just so blown away by. Because these people are out there. They're they're acting. First and foremost, people forget for, like. First, first opera. of all. Yeah, go ahead. I love that, like, a classy opera place is called the Wang Center. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, I know yeah. it's named after a person, but, yeah. like, yeah. it's also, like, a Boston. Oh, yeah, I went to the Wang Center. The Wang. I know. Sorry. That was always the, the big joke. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. But, Look, yeah, that's so. always going to be funny. The Wang Center but, is always funny. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, how can I you not? I love a phallic joke. What can I say? <laughs> I love a phallic joke. Um, you know that. <laughs> well, I'm learning it. Yes. Um, so what I was going to say was, no, no, no. Never, I don't want, there's no apologies. There's no apologies no. allowed. So I was just so blown away because these people, people think of the opera as like, it's like the, like the core or choir or something like that. It, these guys are acting. These girls are acting like, and, and they're acting extremely well. On top of that, they're singing their ass off. Like it's really hard work. And I just, I walked away with a whole different level of appreciation for what opera is. And, you know, you said earlier that you just love performing and you are a natural performer. You just, you're, you're, you're fun to be around when you're up on stage. And in a, in a little bit here, I'm going to go into some of the things that I saw when we were, uh, doing the mystery mm. dinner, but yeah, a little bit. Just uh, a little bit. I don't, I don't know what you saw, but <laughs> well, then I'll remind you. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> no, but I really do appreciate that uh, lesson in opera. Let's shift cultural gears a little bit, and mm-hmm. let's Great. find out what your favorite TV show is right now. Oof, right now, not ever. Right, right now. Um, let's go with right now for now, but maybe later we'll do a different question. Um, I haven't really enjoyed, okay, there's a couple of things I've been watching. I dart around. I also, oh, this is, like, this is a hard question for me, like movies and TV and things like that, but I'll just name a few things that I've been watching recently. Um, I've been watching Billions. I like the other seasons better. I also felt that, like, even though, like, I had it, so I recently finished a contract, like, in financial services and I'm like it's like billions no it's not like billions Emily but every time I was planning and you you know where I work and I'm not I'm not going to say the company but every time I was planning like for someone to go to an annual meeting I was like it's like billions I was like this person's like wag and I was like I like I think in another world I would love to be like a Wendy for a company yeah (laughs) it's like my favorite character and then Outlander also like not into this season, but it but I was kind of into that before. I've been watching a lot of Wings recently. <laughs> oh no way! I love Wings. I miss it. Like sometimes when I'm anxious, I have to go back and just watch old okay. classics that I like. So where like, is Wings like... on TV? How is Wings still on TV? Really? 
It's just like streaming. Like it's it's hopped around a few times. I was on Netflix for a while. We're talking about Wings, the NBC sitcom that I was a little tiny Nantucket. uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah, and it had the guy from Tears and that Patrick Dempsey and like Woody Harrelson. No, that wasn't Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. No, what was his name? He was also on um, one of those dumb doctor shows. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> I watched, I watched, you know. Yeah, no, I watched. I, I watched whatever. Some doctor shows. Um, the other thing, have you ever seen Killing Eve? Sandra, uh, nope. Sandra O oh and what I it? want to. Okay, the girl. Yeah, it's so good. It's on AMC. Like, I don't know. I started watching Mad Men again last night. Like, I, I just bounce around. Most of the time, I'm not paying attention. Okay, let me ask you a billions um, question then. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I, I watched Billions up until the current season. And the reason why I haven't mm-hmm. started it yet, and I, and I love Wags. you don't like Mike Prince. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know what? I don't mind Mike Prince. I just, I mix, I, I, I want Axe. I miss Axe. I know. Like, like that's, I just keep I waiting for him to come back. Yeah, what the fuck? Like he has walked away from now two hit shows. He walked away from Homeland. They had to fucking kill him. Oh, Homeland was good too. Yeah. And spoiler alert, he dies, guys. And then he walked away from this. Yeah. And I'm just like, really? Now, I love Giamatti. I, I, I love, you know, the guy that plays Wags. I love a lot of other people on that show. You need that alpha asshole. So here's my it's question. It's not the for you. same. Not gonna, oh, okay. I keep watching it, but it's not back. Yeah. I keep waiting for him to like show back or for, yeah, it's, it's not the same. Yeah, that's disappointing um, to me. Well, um, you just saved me like 13 hours. So thank you. Yeah, and it's the same. Um, and then I don't know if you've ever seen Outlander, but like, whatever. They're like in colonial North Carolina or some shit right now, and Revolution's going to start. And I'm just Isn't like, there time travel there too? Yeah, I mean, or something the redhead weird like that. was pretty, pretty hot. Yeah, the the guy, whatever his name is. But now I'm just like, oh, when are you people gonna die? This is boring. <laughs> no, wait, hold on. Let's 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 slow down. Wait, is there? I asked if there was time travel, and you said the redhead was hot. So, is there time travel on that show? You know, my friend started dating a ginger because of Outlander. I'm not even kidding. Wow. She, like, fell in love with her best best friend, Ginger Guy, because mm. of Outlander. That's why I started I was like, man. That anyway, guy loves yes, that show. time travel. And there is time travel. I don't think travel. he knows. He doesn't know. He knows, but, oh, spoiler but if alert. you get married, I'm going to be like, sing me a song of a last that is gone. <laughs> I'm going to start singing this freaking, like, Daylight, like, whatever. No, it's goddess. Anyway, but yeah, it's interesting. Yes, it's like lady porn. Like I don't know what else to call it's you. What kind of porn? Like lady, like lady porn. Lady porn. Like, okay. You don't ask any yeah, women it. if they've watched the show. Yeah, you've never watched it though. I haven't, but I I didn't know it was Only- considered lady porn. Maybe that would change my perspective on things. But I will oh, ask. I'll do a theory. poll. I'll do a poll. Very like your, your lady will make you wear a kilt after you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then I've got to watch it. Um, all right. <clears throat> now, here's a question for you. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Okay. On the concept that improv can actually improve interpersonal communication. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Just like real life in a laboratory of laughter. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I, th- I did. They work at a very well known business school, and they did they, all those 
exec students were always like hot up for um, improv classes. Oh, really? And there was a there was a professor there that um, well, this kind of made me laugh. Actually, a colleague was uh, one of one of the global groups wanted to have like an you know uh, development like improv class, and she was interviewing someone. Yep. And um, I was sitting there over listening to this person interview interview them, and and she, the person was explaining what they do, and they said, you know, yes, and. <laughs> working with is like you can't use that that's professor so-and-so's intellectual property and i was like no it is not it is the universal law of improv <laughs> like he did not make that, that up person. but because he wrote a book yeah, there's one professor wrote a book about you know he has a consulting co- a company with improv but i, I think uh-huh. improv is 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 um is it's is great and fantastic one of the reasons i decided i i dabbled in it just from doing music and acting and there's all, you know, having various workshops that I'd never actually taken a class. And one of the reasons I took the class um, that, that we met in um, was just, I, I was new to the area. I had been going through a lot. This was before the pandemic. I was kind of already yeah. and had a lot going on in my life. Um, and I just needed to laugh. I needed some connection again. Um, I, and uh a great place to meet people and it kind of for someone who's really in their head like I can I can be um be quite a perfectionist and have a lot going a lot of anxiety a lot going on in my head that I don't always outwardly share and yep. improv really forces you to be present and be in the moment and you know yes. from doing shows with me even though I appear that way afterwards I'm like totally in <laughs> like obsessing over things but but, but in that moment that's what it, I think it's a very healthy thing for me. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, I'm more of an extrovert, but even people that are not, do not have an extroverted personality or have never done any acting or anything. I think it's, we've both worked with some people in those classes that have never done improv before. And, yeah. and I think, I think it's just a great way to practice relating to people and, yes. you know, how to make connections like on the spot in the moment. Yes. And how to move on, how to know when to move on, how to know when to cut somebody off. How to know when to move on. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) No, but Um, I mean, so I'm going to make two extreme overstatements. One is I feel like when people get older and they start to retire and they start to get sedentary and just, you know, kind of get set in their ways, I feel like, especially now with Zoom technology, if we could somehow get all those people that are 65, 75 connected on Zoom to do basic improv like drills, A, you're going to meet new people, you're going to meet new friends, you're going to mm-hmm. stave off dementia because you're using your brain. It's a muscle like any other muscle. And I would even say one step further, the biggest problem we have right now, not the biggest, a big problem that we have is we don't communicate well in general, we, no one's really listening. Everyone's just talking. Mm-hmm. And if we can go back like 30 years, 40 years and start in first grade, just with like little 15 minute, you know, uh, improv exercises that are all about acceptance and listening. Cause the core of improv is listening. You've got to listen to what your th- scene partner is saying, watch what they're doing mm-hmm. and react to that and accept it and build yeah. on it. Right. So, you, so you fold that into, uh, a sixth graders or a six year old mind in first grade, and then all the way up through. By the time these kids get out of college, they're going to be so used to being able to communicate in any set situation 
that I think we'd have a lot better society right now. So maybe we can just turn back the clocks of time or we just start now and and try to get people because we need to, as a society, learn how to communicate and listen. And uh, that would help. So make, yeah. it, make it happen, I mean, Emily. <laughs> I'm counting on you. Get on. I'll get on it. Um, <laughs> I also think um, I was talking with a friend about this the other weekend. Um, you're, we're having a discussion about uh, she's a speech language pathologist and has been noticing that there's a lack of support for adults that fall into like neurodiverse categories. Yes. Basically. And we're just talking about how humor and, and how it can, you know, trying to better understand humor can just be a better connection point in the workplace where there's, you know, yes, it's just, and, and so I know, I know that you've been proud of a lot in businesses that I, and I, I'm just like, I just think it's good for, for me too, my mental health in terms of just getting out of my own head. You really do have to be listening and paying attention to other people. You can't be thinking about like, okay, when am I going to put in a funny line? Because then you're missing it. Like you're missing it. And usually when you try to pre-plan something, it doesn't land the way that you want it to. The best experiences um, happen unexpectedly. And I constantly have to remind myself of that. It's evident in improv, but also just in my life, like, um, you know, just trying to plan career moves or even, you know, in this dating jungle, trying to like oh my it, God. the the best expenses, sorry, the best experiences that I've had were unexpected and not planned. So, yeah. <clears throat> so you just, made, so I, I love everything you just said, but what I love the most is dating jungle. I think that that <laughs> there's, Listen, there's something that there's a story there. You know, one time that, I went to it, yeah. I went to a new, this is crazy. When I was in New York, I moved to New York and didn't know anybody. Long story. It was there a day before Hurricane Sandy. I'm a crazy girl. Wow. Um, so I went to this, like, decided to go to this, like, match.com party. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait, a minute wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There is a match.com party? There were, I mean, this was, you know, a couple years ago, but, like, at this point, there were they had these match.com events, so I was like, what, didn't have anybody, like, didn't know anybody. I was like, I want to do something for New Year's Eve, like, and I was like, I'll go to this, and everyone was like, are you fucking nuts? You're going to go in New, Year's, <laughs> New York City to a freaking, like, match.com party on the Lower East Side? Good like, for you. <laughs> I dressed up, thought I looked cute or whatever, and I guess there, and it was, it was. Uh, like, I love awful situations because I think they're fascinating <laughs> sometimes, which is a problem about me. It was yeah. so awful and fascinating because it was, like, in person you, and you can't, like, men were just, like, it was so, like, animalistic. Like, men would just, like, come up to you and they their eyes are moving and they would just move to the next person. And it was, like, they were, they were like, swiping left on you in real time. And oh you're just, like, what is going Lord. on? And then, and then this was clearly, like, also, this party, the entertainment was clearly pa- planned like a bachelor party. They had like these contortionist women like on the table. So you're talking to a guy and this lady is like her head between her crotch right next to you. Yep. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you're like, I can't. <laughs> His face is six inches from her cooter. Like he's not paying attention to me. <laughs> and then, and then I, they announced that this woman is this like, Actually, was, she was she was pretty interesting. I talked to her later. Like I think I talked to her before her acting. And what she was she was at the, I was getting a drink and and um as, as with many of these dating things, like women end up bonding with other women because it's just nuts. Um, so this she was there and she was a sword swallower. Okay. <laughs> Entertainment. 
she was a, and she was a hefty girl. Um, <laughs> and like a chi one or whatever. And then they call her up and she's like, oh, I got to go. And she starts walking. And then they announced, and I got trampled. I got trampled. I was on the ground. Men trampled me to see this woman swallow multiple length sores. Of course. Another person held me up. It was just like, it was a total disaster, but it's a funny story. So anyway, I forgot yeah. the original question was, oh, it wasn't uh, a question. I was talking I about a jungle, dating jungle. <laughs> yeah. Funny. First of all, I love the description of the guys walking up and like darting their eyes and swiping left or right with you in real time and real life. Like because that it's like that. Wild. And the women are, you know, everyone's just like puffing their chest out or like puffing their pants. Out. Like it was just, good lord, it was just nuts. And then like, as the clock is like about to start 12, it's like all of a sudden everybody's running around trying to grab someone to kiss. And it's just like, Ooh, chaos. Um, I don't know. I don't know what kind of animal I was in that animal jungle. Um, that would be an interesting question. Mm. But, in the dating um, but it was in the dating jungle or this particular party. I just more was fascinated by like the sheer like chaos. <laughs> I'm picturing like a TV show. Like the dating jungle is almost like those stupid like 90 day fiance, except you throw a bunch of people on it. Oh, I can't watch those. But on yeah. an island in a jungle. And then it's like, you know, you make it so that only certain people are going to end up dating. And then there's the outcasts and there's something there. There's something yeah. there. We'll have to, we'll have to noodle on that for a bit. But like, but like Lord of the Flies style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. And Flash Don't Naked Afraid. I think that's a, is that a dating show or is that a survival show? Naked and Afraid. Naked and Afraid is a survival show and I, I could never no. get myself to watch no. it. It's like, I it's, it's just too depressing. It's like, who signs up for this? Yeah. Why would they sign up for it? All right. Facebook, mostly good or mostly bad? Now or overall? Um, let's say I hate, right I now. hate it now. Okay. Hate it now. Well, that, hate it now. It's just trash. It's, it's just a trash land of advertisements and 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 old people. Yeah. <laughs> and rel- relatives I don't want to talk to. Um, unfortunately, um, for some things like like it. I find a lot of the like, uh, like for so for classical music, opera singing. There's a lot of like form form activity that I find useful on Facebook, which is one of the few reasons I I still keep an account. I suppose mm-hmm. I much prefer in terms of social media. Um, I I like Instagram because I just like looking at people's photos and stuff. I like looking at actual photos. I don't like this like. Hey guys, I'm on live. Like, want to buy my fancy water bottle? <laughs> I don't know what people do. Like, they paint water bottles and shit, like or leggings. Like, I, I, I don't know. But I, I remember Facebook when it was just for mm. college kids because I was in college when it came out, and only certain schools had it. And yeah. I like didn't really get it. It was a weird. I think when when I. It would have been like 2000, 2005 or 2006, yeah, my like sophomore, six. junior. Yep. Yeah, it was around then. And some, some, you know, it was, it was kind of just your school and it was, it was, uh, I mean, people put a lot of photos that they wouldn't put nowadays on. <laughs> it was kind of like, they described it as like a, a school directory yearbook thing. It was just, it was a weird, it, I don't know. I didn't even, I didn't really get into it then, but I think. Part of the reason is that my parents are very strict growing up with like television watching and internet and things. And I sure. 
I, um, I just never, um, remember like I had to like sneak to get an aim. Like that was more like an aim and, you know, instant messenger name and like you had dial up and like no cell phone, you know, like I'm old. I'm an, I'm a, I'm an elder millennial. That's what they call it. <laughs> a geriatric Listen, millennial. Oh no, that is enough. And then I like, that's what, no, that's what they call it. Geriatric? Geriatric millennial. Okay, then, then who is ever coming up with these so, naming anyway. conventions is doing a terrible job. Yeah. Because geriatric should not be associated with somebody of your age. That's terrible. Not accurate. Come on. Yeah. Stand I up for your a, rights I here, Emily. Young, I just have a young face. Young face. Well, all right. But, Listen. Yeah. Anyway. I don't like that title. I don't like titles in general or labels. <laughs> And I certainly don't like geriatric millennial. It was so <laughs> geriatric e- millennial. It was so much easier before. That it was like baby boomers, Generation X, and then it was like, "Well, you're a Gen Xer." You know, I think so. I I, 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 I guess right. Yeah, you are, no, you are. You are okay. a Gen Xer. All right, so I'm a Gen. But like, there's there's some like I you are older than me, but there's some crossover in terms of commonalities. Whereas right. like your kids are not millennial, right? They're are they Z's? See, my daughter claims she is the the younger age of millennial. She's going to be twenty eight this oh, year. Oh, BS. Okay, <laughs> so there you go. So there's these. They had cell phones Z's. in high school, right? They had cell phones and internet. They had cell phones and internet in high school. That's no, true. yeah, no. There's these. Listen, my when I asked for a cell phone, like senior year of high school, and very few people had. A few people had Nokia's. Yep. I had like, Nokia, sure. And my dad, my dad was, my dad was like, you can have a CB radio. I know every trucker on the road. Like, he wouldn't give me a cell phone. <laughs> Kilo Bravo 1, it was only for- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. A CB oh radio. God. Can you imagine? We had it. Well, no, we had one. My dad sells trucks. Like, okay, but did so you ever get on there and use it and be like, hey. <laughs> no, that's crazy. Well, I mean, who wants it? Who wants their teenage daughter calling truckers on her way to school on the TV radio? It's like the internet except all bad people. (laughs) (laughs) It's like with the internet now, it's like you get some good people, you get some bad people. But, and I'm not, I I take that back because there might be a trucker listening. I love all you truckers. Without you, we wouldn't have things everywhere. So keep doing your thing. No, but it's the beginning of a movie, right? (laughs) Well, there you go. Exactly. For help on a Hey, mom and dad are gone. Let's jump on the CB radio real quick. They said not to. Come on, five minutes. Don't be a baby. Okay. (laughs) And then, like, cut to there's a whole, like, army of truckers coming up to the house. Probably Uh, safer than, like, I had to, like, drop off, like, truck parts at, like, 5 a.m. to, like, abandon truck places before I went to my prep school in Bangor, Maine. (laughs) Good Lord. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not kidding. (laughs) <laughs> Which wait, okay, so let's back up. Um, Bangor, Maine, that's way I, up there. That's like past is that past Orono? Not in the county. It's a little bit below Orono, like twenty minutes more. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But yeah, yeah. That's God's country up there. It really is beautiful. Um, uh, makes you yeah. appreciate it. Um I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna ask you what school you went to because I feel like that's a little bit a pro like too much of a pry. There so aren't that many to tell in Bangor. You already know who it'll out there fair enough yeah. next question Fine. who stole manny's recipe book and marbles oh i have no idea i wasn't <laughs> that night 
<laughs> oh, so and I didn't read. I didn't. I didn't read your notes at all. <laughs> oh, there were no notes. There were no notes. Oh, there were some notes, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it was, I don't. No, you, look, Sorry, you played. <laughs> you did the perfect, perfect person for that. Joan Jarabak. Yes. So okay. Just educate the people that are listening here that weren't there that night. Uh, and by the way, we sold out. We had to turn people away at the door. It was so much fun. And it was kind of like a spin on a murder mystery dinner, except it wasn't a murder. It was a theft. I'm not going to go into detail, but our friend Emily played an ex-girlfriend of the guy who got his shit stolen. And, you know, she's supposed to be there. She's, she was like a plant in the audience, right? So nobody knew that she was part of the show. And, and I like didn't know anybody else. Like I had never met any of the other actors except n- for you. No, no. I mean, it was, and it was great, you know. And Ingrid was there in the audience, and she wasn't an actor, but she was in the audience too. And uh, you didn't do improv with Bob. Bob wasn't in our class. No, no he did a class before us. That's right. So anyway, one before you. So it's getting to the time where I need her to be there. And I keep in these texts like, I think I'm lost. I think I'm coming. And I'm like, she's not going to show. And then the best part was, is I was, we were starting things off and she comes in and she's got this crazy dress on and she's looking for her seat and she can't find her seat. So she's like completely interrupting the whole thing and just being so obnoxious. But people don't know that it's part of the show. And so that level of like actual disruption was Perfect. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better entrance from you. It was so much fun. See, my my version's very different. Okay, let's hear your I, version. I love hearing. No, no, I want I want I want to keep hearing your version first, and then I'll. Oh well, that was pretty much. I mean, that was pretty much my version, and then that was you it. Know, yeah, you just came in. You couldn't find your seat. You were looking around, and and it actually made something fun to play off because it wasn't just a static. You weren't sitting there. It was like here comes who's this crazy lady in the blue dress and why, and why is she so loud? And why is, why was she late? And why is she, why doesn't she have a seat? And, you know, and then you finally found your seat and sat down and then it was like, you know, the answers you gave were perfect. You were just the perfect disruption. You were the catalyst (laughs) to a a lot of what happened that night. And um, I thank you for being a part of it. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for, I really like, it meant a lot to me to just to to do that and to and after like not having been able to be with people in public for a long time and this was right before things started to get a little shady with Omicron again it was the first like kind of big thing I'd been to with people I didn't know and yeah that was a little scary and I took a bunch of COVID tests before and after and knock on wood everything you know has been okay so far but you know what can we just talk um, about that for a second I am so surprised I thought for sure because when we planned it Omicron was not a thing we planned it in like October mm -hmm. for December and then the closer we got I'm like holy shit like this could totally blow up my face like I'm gonna end up being a super spreader event because it was closed quarters. Like everyone was kind of yeah. sitting on top of each other. Yeah. And like, well, let's see what happens. And not one, not one COVID case came out of that. Wow. Night. Yeah. Which is really pretty. I was cool. afraid to ask you, but I was just, I mean, I, I, I've had some autoimmune issues. So I, but it was, you know, at that point I was like, this is a risk that I, you know, at that point I had been vaccinated and boosted because I was early and I was just like, I, I, I know this maybe is not the smartest decision, but it it feels like the benefits outweigh the risk to me oh, in this particular time. So that was that, that was why did that. It was great, and I hope we do more. And a lot of people have since asked, like, "Are you doing that?" I couldn't make it, you know, or it was sold out. Um, so um, 
So I'm getting ready to be there. And I, I uh, decided to invite my friend, one of my good friends from Providence. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't really know anybody here. It'll be less suspicious, but I'm part of it. If I show up with someone, right. Yep. So he gets there and he's like late and he's already a little blitzed and he wants to make makeup. And I'm like, we have to go. We're going to be late. We have to go. We're going to be late. <laughs> he's like, chill out. And I'm like, no, 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 we're going to be late. And then I'm like getting lost and then I'm texting him and he's like, it's not big deal. No, Ethan told me to be there 10 minutes before and it is now 15 minutes after the thing starts and I don't know where we are. <laughs> and then we get there and, um, and uh, I check in and, um, and I'm so sorry. The names of to me are lovely partner. Um, who are you, who are you? there and she's yes, Nicole. Um, yes, yes. Yep. And she's like, "Oh, you're so funny." I was like, Ooh, "I've never seen you before." She's like, "I've seen you on Zoom. Like you're funny. Here's your table." And I go, "I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm late. I told him I'm late. You know, whatever." And um, also, when we're leaving my house, my my friend, um, I had bo- these boots on, and I still had like Marshall tags on them. He's like, "Emily, Marshall tags," and I was like. And I was like, it'll be a bit, it'll be a bit. If yep. I'm not funny, it'll be a bit. Somebody will notice it. Let's just go. Let's go. We're late. We're late. Come on, Matt. So then we got there and then I got the table and it was like table four or something. And there is no table four. I go in there and I'm looking at it and I'm like, gosh, darn it. Ethan is so pissed at me. He decided to give me a steak table. I can't find you it. Know what? Like I I'm looking I, around I frantically and I there's didn't. no table four. And I'm walking around and asking people. And then you're like, who is interrupting? And then I'm like, oh, I'm like, and then I'm, I'm, I'm like nervous because I'm late and I can't find this table. And then the people there at the restaurant are like apologizing and they're setting up this table on the corner. And I'm like, oh no, the table's away from everybody. No one's going to like, I can't sit alone with my friend here. Like we're, no one's going to see, like, I'm just trying to like figure it out. And then I'm, you know, my friend is like, he doesn't really know what's going on. I'm just like, we're going to this thing. Call me Joan. And he's like, (laughs) call me Joan. Like, that's my name. Like, but no one's supposed to know that I'm part of this thing. And he was like, okay, whatever. And he's already had a few hits of something. And so um, then I'm, you know, I'm like, what are we doing here? I thought it was a nice dinner. Did we walk into someone's reunion? I don't know. And then some lady is like, honey, it's a mystery dinner. Don't you know it's a mystery dinner? (laughs) People thought I was did not realize I was part of the thing and they thought I just wandered in and was very frazzled and late and then somebody was like oh honey you have tags on your clothes still and sneaking the tags out and someone else felt bad for me and they offered me a seat at their table and then (laughs) moving everything around and um and you can I had a yeah go ahead no no no, please (laughs) I was gonna say the people listening have to know how prepared you were for this night you came with a literal bag of tricks you had gone to some type of store and you had all kinds of, you had handcuffs and you had like different devices I, that I'm not going to mention. And then you also had these oh, cookies and you had these cookies and the cookies were so funny because they were like, uh, it was like a Valentine's Day cookie or something, but it said, sit on my face. And all these a, different. It was a Christmas cookie. It was a Santa beard and it said, sit on my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got them from this place in Newburyport, um, buttermilk bakery. They're their tech, their uh, whatever Instagram TikTok is so funny. They have a lot of naughty things, but they taste really good too. But yep. um, I that was part of the baking was part of this thing, and I was like, I'm a ex girlfriend and a baker, and I was like, oh, that would be funny. They have these naughty cookies, you know, Newburyport. I'm just gonna go put some in my purse, and then I'm like, oh, I'll just go to the dollar store and get some handcuffs and some crazy glue and duct tape and rope and. <laughs> And and um, they got like a at home marijuana kit. Like there's a lot of things oh. at the dollar store that are fantastic. And yeah. then I was like, I'm gonna go to that. I don't even know what it was, but like some sort of like 
some sort of adult store like on Route 1 in Seabrook and like I got some like naughty candies and some glow in the dark. Oh yeah. You know, whatever, you know, I just, I, I stuffed my purse and then I had like this, I just had like something that definitely looked like a uh, butt plug, but it was not a butt plug. <laughs> and I think I texted you. I was like, I put a lot of things in my purse. There's something that looks like a butt plug, but it's not a butt plug and it's never been in my butt. So if you want to, you're like, I'm not going in your purse, Emily. Like, you're like, <laughs> you're like, just get here. Stop me. Um, and I had all this weird and a cookie. So then I sit down and I'm, and I'm telling them, and I say, oh, I'm a baker, and I have that cookies, and I show the person, and they're like, oh, what's your Instagram? And I'm like, I'm like caught in a lie, because I don't really, I'm not really a baker, and I don't have it. Worlds are colliding. And my friend's like, my friend's like fancy frosting is by Joan, and the girl's like looking it up, and she's like, I can't find you. And I'm like, oh, I'm so bad with social media. And she's like, you should hire me. And she's like, it was just And then, oh, the other thing is, is your, your son was a DJ, and I'm like, I thought, I don't know. I just went over and I was like, are you so-and-so? Like, here's a cookie. And he's like, oh, like, who are you? <laughs> I just gave him a cookie that said sit on my face and winked at him and walked away. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my son, goes, night, uh, my son goes, Dad, who's that woman that's in the blue dress? She gave me this. She handed me the cookie. I'm like, oh, she's she's great. She's, she's awesome. She's weird. Yeah, no, she's fun. And then so I'm like sitting with strangers and then... Oh, what else did I do? Oh, afterwards, I'm horrified at some of this again because it's still like in a COVID world. Um, I ate food off of someone's plate. Plate. I was like being really gross. I sat at I think it was Ingrid's table, and I was talking to someone. I had food hanging on my mouth. While I was talking. I pulled a chicken bone <laughs> you were a out of my chicken, and I was like, I was you know the got there was some some lady's husband. I was like, hey, what a bone! <laughs> All the bone. And he lost it, and she thought I was disgusting. I was telling someone, like you know, that I was, you know, she did, again did not know that I was part of the thing. Right, right. So it was a, it was a great, it was a great night. You were a wonderful host. Uh, I think we fun. should do something like that again. Yes. Um, and I, I volunteer to be inspector, so you can wreak havoc on the other side. I love it. I love <laughs> so, it. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. All right, uh-huh. my friend, we are down to the final, sorry. final question. No, would you stop it with the saris? As I said before, you can uh-huh. stuff your saris in a sack. Just like, you know, <laughs> do you know where that's from? Do you know what TV uh, show that's from? No. no. see, that's, this is where our generation, just our generational separation is. is no, evident. maybe I'm just bad with, maybe I'm just bad with, uh, you nah. know, movie and TV quotes because I am. It's, it's from an early season of Seinfeld, you know, so we're talking like, I watch Seinfeld all the time and I'm stressed out. Okay. Well. I just can't quote it. You know what? It's a sickness. Um, All right. So here we go. Last question. Um, What are your thoughts on the long overdue uh, action of making karaoke a Olympic event? And second part of that question, what is your go-to karaoke song? If you have one. Ooh. Um. So, what are my thoughts about making karaoke Olympic events? Don't yeah. they have some shows kind of like that, or is it lip sneaking? <clears throat> I'm talking about Olympic event. I think karaoke is a specific type of singing. Okay, good. That, um, <laughs> it's pretty obvious. It's a good place to start. <laughs> no, karaoke I, um, involves I... a microphone and a song. <laughs> But, and a song. And a song. No, I've never been much of a karaoke person, to be honest. Really? When I 
was in New York, I did, uh, I did like the whole, like our coworkers would get karaoke rooms and that was kind of fun. Um, I have been to, what is it? I don't even know if it's still around, but in Hampton, there was like the Stacey James karaoke or something. Um, in Hampton, New yeah, Hampshire? like I, <laughs> what? it was like a weird multi-club for a point. This was a couple of years. This was maybe like 10 plus years ago. Okay. In Hampton Beach. You remember it had like a cage in the room upstairs. No, never, never. Maybe it burned down. Everything burns down in Hampton. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Um, you know, my, you're going to laugh. My go-to warming up karaoke song is, is, uh, the Beatles. Oh, darling. Oh, okay. And it's not anything special. It's just easy, comfortable, fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not much of a, I'm too in my head about karaoke unless I've had a lot of drinks yeah. <laughs> Then yeah. I don't care. And I will sing, um, I don't know, Leanne rhymes or something. Those, things lower things sound good for me yeah um i don't know um i like 80s hair bands wow just like yeah 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 i mean look journey journey sticks yeah journey (laughs) aerosmith journey sticks aerosmith you know poison some of those are challenging (laughs) like some of those have like you're you're a professional singer so it's not challenging for you but i i pick songs where the register is so simple and doesn't go anywhere like uh hooting the blowfish is a good one um believe Mm -hmm. it or not barry manilow uh neil diamond like all these people that are singers but they don't really have a range they just they kind of sing in the same register that they talk and that makes it immeasurably easier to sing and then really it's less about the song and the singer and more about the performance the attitude. Right? yeah the attitude yeah. totally i think that's, well, that's, that's more like, than half of it i think like so again my forte with singing is is classical opera and like like american standards jazz standards so all like again it depends on the crowd at a karaoke bar like usually some sort of jazz standard is, is safe and it feels nine and it's fun but yep. Not karaoke isn't really where I shine, but I usually show up with friends that will blow you out of the water. So yep. that's always fun. Right, right. Um, I have some friends that do more pop stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah, we've never we we have to go to karaoke. Even I didn't know that you like karaoke. Oh my god, I love it. I think it's an underrated art form. It's so much fun. If you don't like karaoke, you don't like fun. That's the bottom line. You either like fun or you don't like karaoke. It's one of the two. And my friend, yeah. we have gone over the hour mark. It almost never happens. Damn, I was I was going to ask you. I have, have a lot of questions for you. Okay. But are you a Triple E's or a Christie's or neither? Oh, we talking Browns pizza? or Markies? Okay, yeah, beef pizza. So I've been told what I'm supposed to say to this question, and I've <laughs> and I've been told that it's the, the correct the correct answer is Tripoli's. Is that true? Um, Can I answer? My family is very much like Cristaldi's as the original, and you okay. can't deviate from the original. But um, yeah, I mean Tripoli's is open later, crispier crust, you know. Yep. But it still tastes like someone dumped a can of spaghetti or something with pizza. Too sweet. Yeah, yeah, they're all too sweet. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, <clears throat> browns or Murphy's? A Browns. Browns? I think. A Brooker. 
Marcus. <laughs> you, so here's here's here, we're gonna, we're gonna leave with one true story. Sorry, I'm like cutting you off. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, all right. So this is important. This is a historical lesson for everybody. And this is true. You can go look it up. This is absolutely true. So, and I apologize to everybody who lives in Seabrook, and I've got some good friends that live there. So well, it's it's funny the the context because I told you that I had a place there, and then I was like, I'm not a broker. Right. No, no. I, and you have to qualify it. Right. You have to be like, well, I did. My family didn't come from Seabrook. Right. And there's a big difference. Yeah. So now Seabrook has this unfortunate um, stigma around it that there's a lot of inbreeding going on. That's been there since I was a kid. And I always thought like, well, that's unfair. You're picking on a town. That's not really cool. And there's, always, you know, it's almost like there's five families, you know, it's like the, the Browns, the Eatons. Mm-hmm. It's like they're all they just. Right. And I was like, well, that's mm-hmm. not true. And I just my my my. My better judgment was like, well, that's impossible. Um, but what it turns out that that's based in historical fact. And what used to happen was back in the 1700s, 1800s, when ships were coming up the coast, people from Seabrook would set false lighthouses in places. They would they would shut off the real lighthouse. They'd put a fake lighthouse up, and it would make the ships run aground. And when the ships ran aground, <laughs> they would go out there and they would loot the ships and they would take all the shit, right? So now think about this. Back then, there's no internet. There's no TV. The way that word travels is, you know, word of mouth. And eventually what ended up happening was enough times this happened. So it's like, fuck those people from Seabrook. So they started saying, hey, when you go to marry your daughter, don't let her marry somebody from Seabrook because those motherfuckers are just thieves. So what ended up happening was all the towns around – this is true – all the towns around Seabrook wouldn't let their daughters get married to guys from Seabrook. So the guys from Seabrook had no other choice but to marry people. Because, <laughs> look, talk about a, a dating That's jungle. That's the part that I like. It's like there's no choice, no choice but incest. <laughs> it's a true dating jungle, right? You are you are really stuck. because And there's no, like, you know, you can't jump on a plane and fly and go someplace else. Like, you're in Seabrook, and there's no cars, so you're in Seabrook. Yeah. And so, therefore, you want to date. Everyone else has shunned you. You're shunned by the people of Rye. You're shunned by Portsmouth. You're shunned by Hampton. You are stuck with the Brookers. And that stigma has carried on to this very date. And even now, still in 2022, people believe that the people from Seabrook are inbred. And it's unfair, but there is a well, little bit of truth. It's in sociology books. It's been in sociology books since like the 70s. They've done studies. See? Boy, yeah. we're, we're being unfair to Seabrook, right. but truth is the truth. I'm Listen, sorry. we've said, no, don't, again, there's no sorries allowed. Sorry. That's like number five for you. I'm <laughs> counting. I'm counting. I can't help it. It's an impulse. We've impulse. said it all. And I think maybe we've said too much. Um, but we had a oh. great time. And if you could see the audience here in the studio they are on their feet. They're waving. They've got big signs mm-hmm. that say, we love Emily. We love opera. <laughs> they're, they're like, which way to the dating jungle? Take me there now. Everyone had a great time. You were so much fun. I can't wait to do improv with you again. Um, and uh, I thank you for being on the yeah. show. Thank you for having me. I still think we need to share where we ask you questions. Advocating for that, uh, you know what? Listen, I will set so, that up. You want to ask we'll me a few that. questions? Yes, you, we can come back on, we can do it again. Come yeah. up with your questions, let <laughs> me know when you're ready. And I'll, I'm here, I got a microphone, so okay. I'm always ready <laughs> to talk. Good. Thank you, Emily. Hope you have a great night. All right, thank you. Take care. You too. <laughs>